You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I am your host, Steph, and today we're celebrating because the 49ers have officially clinched the two seed. They got the job done today against the Arizona Cardinals, beating them 38 to 13 in pretty impressive fashion over, you know, it was kind of a shaky start, but we'll talk about that. Philip Bonger, what's going on, man? He says, bang, bang in the comments. Yes, sir. First, let's talk about some of the inactives in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, was out. Aaron Banks, Drake Greenlaw. Remember, Kyle Shanahan said that Drake Greenlaw, if it was a playoff game, he would have been able to play. So no worries about Drake Greenlaw possibly being out next week. He is going to play. I would almost guarantee it. Kevin Givens should be good to go for the playoffs as well. Ambry Town. Ambry Thomas still dealing with his ankle injury. He's out. Drake Jackson wouldn't look too much into Drake Jackson being out today. Okay. Ross Dwelly also out. And then the Cardinals just had a bunch of guys out. It was pretty much a preseason game for them. Uh, but this game for the 49ers. Yeah. Melissa in the comments, let's freaking go. Steph, two Kittle touchdowns and two Elijah Mitchell touchdowns. Yeah, it was Elijah Mitchell's first game back from his multi-week absence with his injury, and he got two touchdowns on the day. Let's just go ahead and start recapping this game for you. 49, I mean, the Cardinals started the game on offense, and on the very second play of the game, A.J. Green, deep downfield, absolutely mossed D'Amador Lenore for that catch and then Tashawn Gibson missed a tackle although don't really fault him for that one that was all Lenore on that um and they gave up the quick touchdown they missed the extra points so the game started six and no uh Traverius Ward went into the blue medical tent after that as well so it, it was just a less than ideal start for the 49ers and this defense, especially after what they had done and given up against the Raiders just the previous week. So it started off shaky, a little worrisome, uh, but I would say the 49ers uh, got a hold of the game rather quickly. The offense had no trouble moving the ball on their opening drive. On the Cardinals, 22 on third and four. Shanahan calls a screen pass for Christian McCaffrey that he takes to the house. Excellent blocking, especially with the key first block by uh, Spencer Burford. Credit to him on that one. Score was 7 6, and the 49ers led it. Uh, the 49ers defense. Uh, on their following drive, Traverius Ward was back in. So I don't think there were any injuries for the 49ers, if I'm not mistaken, in this game. Uh, Ebu Kam got a sack on David Blau. Also, apologies. In my preview episode, I kept calling David Blau David Blow. All right, I'm sorry. His name is is Blau, I guess. Um, so Ebu Kam got a sack on him. Uh, I think it was the first of... Four, with three sacks, I think the 49ers got on uh, Blau today. E- either two or three, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, 49ers able to force a quick three and out that time, so all was good. 49ers offense gave up a sack to J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt uh, playing in his final game before retirement. We were all like very happy, I guess, to you know just see him play and 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 see him. Uh, you know, end his career on on a high note. He got a couple sacks today. So shout out JJ Wattman, uh generational player. Um Demetrius Thanagan fouls left the game. Oh, 
I think that might have been the only injury the 49ers had in that game. I don't think Flanagan Fowles returned. Um, and you recall, Flanagan Fowles was filling in for Dre Greenlaw in this game. So they had to go to, uh, I believe it was uh, not uh, not Odom. He's a safety. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. I always forget his name. Um, but they had their other uh, linebacker um, in the game at that point to fill in for Flanagan Fowles. Uh, 49ers defense stopped the Cardinals on third down, but they decided to go for it on fourth down. And Eric Armstead helps get that stop. Once again, stuff in the interior. Cardinals turned it over on downs. But 49ers offense not able to do much with it. Brock Purdy continued to see pressure from J.J. Watt, at least early in the game. He got flushed out of the pocket on third down. And Isaiah Simmons, in pursuit, was able to get the sack on Purdy for a big loss in 49ers were forced to punt. So shaky start after the first touchdown for the 49ers. Um, but, you know, they were able to dust that off rather quickly. But let's talk about the defense again. Nick Bosa, he got a pass deflection uh, early on in the game as the 49ers try to get some pressure on David Blau, try to rattle him a little bit. And extra pressure did help on this drive as Cardinals committed a hold on Nick Bosa as well, got behind the sticks, and then Fred Warner with an excellent tackle on third down to force another Cardinals punt. Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense – have a better time moving the ball on the following drive as the first quarter came to a close, but it ended very strangely. This was a weird drive for the 49ers, and it kind of capped that whole first quarter for them. That was just kind of weird. Brock Purdy missed an open Juwan Jennings. He had also missed uh, Brandon Ayuk a few drives prior. Um, then the next play, Kyle Shanahan called a designed run for Brock Purdy that had him trying to take the ball outside to the right. The Cardinals were able to track that down, and the 49ers lost eight yards on that play. So on third and 18, Brock Purdy escapes from what looked like a clean pocket to me. Uh, he just looked a little uncomfortable through an incompletion targeting George Kittle. So that was just a weird drive. But things got better after that. Uh, luckily, the 49ers defense had a quick answer on the other end. David Blau with a mis miscommunication with his receiver threw an interception. And it was Tashawn Gibson, another touchdown. He had a touchdown last week against the Raiders as well. He actually had two touchdowns in this game. We'll talk about the other one in a bit. Um, so the 49ers offense, they get the ball on the Cardinals 18, a red zone trip gift wrapped after that kind of you know, iffy previous drive. And with some of the early struggles from this offense, they had to capitalize here. So on third and two, the Cardinals get called for encroachment and the 49ers get a new set of downs. But they only need one more down to get the score. It was Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey on the field at the same time. McCaffrey motioning to the right. Elijah Mitchell got the carry through the middle left and takes it in for the touchdown. That was one of two Elijah Mitchell touchdowns on the day. 49ers went up. 14-6, and they pretty much didn't look back after this. Uh, the Cardinals offense, not doing themselves any favor, get called for a false start with their center snapping the ball a little too early, and that sets up a sack for Nick Bosa on the very next play, his 18th and a half sack on the season. But the Cardinals able to convert a third and 14 off the block in the back on Hufunga, but it wasn't called, and so the 49ers, whether it was their fault or not, just not able to get off the field on third down. T.Y. McGill also got a sack on this drive. Both quarterbacks at this point in the game had been sacked twice. Um, so after the sack, it's a third and one and th 
third and 11, excuse me. And once again, the 49ers not able to get a stop. So Cardinals get a new set of downs. Before we know it, the Cardinals are in the red zone and they cap off that drive with a Corey Clement touchdown through the ground. So the 49ers, uh, sorry, the Cardinals cut the lead to just one. Uh, it was 14, 13, 49ers at that point. Um, the story of that drive, again, was just the 49ers defense not being able to get off the field on third downs. Um, the Cardinals were able to convert on third and 14, third and 11, uh, 12 plays, 75 yard drive for the Cardinals. But this is the point in the game where it, it just flipped and it flipped for good. Little over four minutes left in the first half. The 49ers offense have to get something going and fast. So what does Brock Purdy do? Well, he finds his favorite target Brandon Ayuk for 22 yards over the middle McCaffrey able to spring off a couple of nice runs to help move the chains on second and 11 Brock Purdy and Jawan Jennings are just short of the first after review um that re review by the ref by the way took forever I don't know why that took so long to see that Jawan Jennings was short of that first down but I guess we'll take the rest. And then Jake Brendel, he committed a false start on third and inches. Third and inches, he committed a false start, so that made it third and six. Christian McCaffrey, though, lined up outside. Brock Purdy hit him for the first down. That was a pretty nifty little route by Christian McCaffrey. If you guys are able to find that one online, make sure you check that one out. Um, so great conversion there by the 49ers offense. And then Debo Samuel, he made his first catch of the day. He wasn't very busy today. He didn't do a lot. You know, he was... First game back since his injury, multi-week absence. So it was just nice to see him back out there. So 26 seconds left in the half with the first and goal. On second down, Brock Purdy finds George Kittle in the back edge of the end zone. It was a beautiful throw and a beautiful catch by George Kittle. That's, that was Kittle's sixth touchdown in the last four weeks. Just uh, his first of two that he had on the day. And this is where I'm going to show you guys a couple of uh, – Brock Purdy tweets, Nick Wagner here tweeted, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy has a six-straight multi-touchdown pass game. That's the second longest streak by a rookie quarterback since the 1970 merger. The only longer streak belongs to Justin Herbert, who had seven in 2020. Purdy is four, fourth Niners quarterback since merger with six straight games with multiple pass touchdowns. And then lastly, this um, this tweet from Matt Mayoko kind of just encapsulates how good Brock Purdy is in situational uh, drives. This is the first fourth time in Brock Purdy's six games the 49ers have scored touchdowns late in the first half. First, it was week 13 against Miami. He scored a touchdown uh, to McCaffrey with four seconds left in the first half. Then in week 14 against Tampa Bay, he hit uh, Brandon Ayuk for a 32-yard touchdown with 15 seconds left in the first half. Week 15 against Seattle, uh, McCaffrey had a one-yard touchdown with 47 seconds left. And then week 18 the, today against the Arizona Cardinals, Purdy to Kittle for a four-yard four yard touchdown um, with 19 seconds left. So, I think this just tells you right here that Brock Purdy is can be clutch. Like he's he's awesome with uh you know when he has to score with in a two minute drill or even less it, it, you know so he's he's real great. Uh, Philip Bonger says I think we needed to break the beat the brakes off the cards today. Job done. 
Yeah, I mean, after the shaky start, like I said, they were able to uh, make it happen. So, and they did what they needed to do, right? They looked how they needed to look right before the playoffs. This is exactly the type of performance they needed. And it was able to get them some of their starters some rest towards the end of the game. So it was ideal. Ronnie uh, said, I missed the game. Did we make it out injury free? Ronnie, the only injury that uh, I recall was uh, Demetrius Flanagan fouls. He left the game and he was covering for Dre Greenlaw, who was out for this game. Dre Greenlaw expected to be back next week. So um, I guess no harm, no foul there. And we'll just have to wait and see uh, if there was any news on that one. I'm going to check actually to see if there's any uh, post-game uh, injury news that I should be aware of. But I, I don't think there's much. So yeah, haven't seen anything quite yet. So as of right now, it seems the 49ers do have dodged any bullets with injuries in this game, and that is great going into the playoffs. Now, Purdy is, uh, yeah, I, I just mentioned Purdy is fourth Niners quarterback since the merger with six straight games with multiple pass touchdowns. Brock Purdy at the half was 11 for 15 for 131 yards, two touchdowns, 139.2 rating. And so 49ers end the first half exactly the way they like it. They extend the lead to eight and get the ball back to start the second half. The 49ers offense start the second half by getting Brandon Ayuk over a thousand yards. His first 1000 yard season of his career but I have a feeling it won't be his last. Brandon Ayuk is hitting a stride, and you can just tell this is the tip of the iceberg for Ayuk. He's such a talented player. So congrats to him for getting his first 1,000-yard season. Like I said, it definitely won't be his last. J.J. Watt, he got another sack on that first drive of the second half as well. That was his second of the game. I believe he finished with two sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that put the 49ers behind the sticks to start the second half, the 49ers then convert a third and 17 with a Christian McCaffrey run. It just looked like the Cardinals forgot he existed on that one, left that entire side of the field open. And then Elijah Mitchell rumbled for a 37 yard run and then punched it in on the next play. That was his second touchdown of the day in his first game back from injury. The 49ers went up 28 13. So, Right here, you see exactly how important it was for the 49ers to have scored before the half because they were able to double dip on points. And that exactly is what helped them catapult them into, you know, the type of game that it was, which ended up being a blowout. So the Cardinals down 15 points. They were desperate to get anything going. They get into a quick third and 10 situation. Blau, with a ton of time to throw, just launches downfield, but it's intercepted by Deshaun Gibson. Again, Gibson in the right place at the right time, quite a lot lately. Third interception in the last three games, his second of the day. 49ers offense got the ball back, and at this point, they can kind of just hit cruise control because as long as they make no mistakes, they're in control of this game. Jordan Mason entered the game at this point, so McCaffrey and Mitchell, their days were done. Uh, no reason to risk their health before the playoffs, and I mean, let's face it, Jordan Mason is pretty good as well. 49ers do just enough on this drive to get into field goal range, and Robbie Gold does the rest. 49ers go up 31-13. Since the opening touchdown given up by the defense, 49ers had outscored the Cardinals 31-7 and had not looked back, at least in that third quarter. Um, 
So the 49ers defense continue to impose their will now. The Cardinals uh, following drive, Jordan Willis gets a strip sack on David Blau. 49ers defense with three takeaways on the day at that point. Trent Williams now resting for the game. Not part of the 49ers following drive. Jordan Mason continued to fill in from Caffrey and Mitchell. Mason nearly got the touchdown, but he was just short of it. And Brock Purdy and George Kittle connect for their second touchdown of the day. Those two are just electric in the red zone together. Kittle now has seven touchdowns in his last four games. That is absolutely insane. 49ers 38-13. Expect to see even more starters to sit after that one. And that they did. Uh, Traverius Ward, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead were not part of the following drive after that. A whole, whole quarter left in the game. So, you know, they really only played three quarters. Uh, the 49ers defense with Tra- Trace McSorley now in at quarterback because uh, David Blau was getting evaluated for concussion. So Trace McSorley finished the game for the Cardinals. Um still able to force the Cardinals to turn it over on downs. And so on the 49ers following offensive drive, they're without Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, Jake Brendel, Kyle Juszczyk, all of those guys get some rest. And so we get to see Josh Johnson at quarterback. And the offensive line at that point was Jalen Moore uh, at left tackle, Nick Zakouge at left guard, Daniel Brunskill at center, Spencer Burford stayed in at right guard, uh, right tackle Colton McKivitz. And we even got to see some Ty Davis price in this game, which is always nice to see George Odom got an interception on Trace McSorley late in the fourth quarter. And so the 49ers defense finished with four total takeaways on this game that also marked the 49ers defense 20th interception on the season. They have the most amount of interceptions in the NFL this season, this 49ers defense, They're also first in turnover margin this season and also finished first in point differential. So Brock Purdy, he finished 15 of 20, 178 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 141.3. Two of those three touchdowns were to George Kittle. And again, he has seven touchdowns in his last four games. He's on a ridiculous run right now. And this is just perfect going into the playoffs and seeing as how, you know, the 49ers still needed some work with their red zone scoring efficiency. I think this connection between Kittle and Purdy is real. And I think that's going to help in the playoffs, um, going to help to score in the red zone. They also have a who is no slouch in the red zone as well. So they got two guys fully capable of scoring, um, in the red zone, Christian McCaffrey as well, Elijah Mitchell as well, who had two uh, uh, today. And so really anyone on this team is capable of scoring. And man, it, it's just crazy. George Kittle also broke the record for the most receiving yards by a tight end in their first six seasons. That was previously held by Travis Kelsey. And that tells you all you need to know because Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends. Stop it. He he is the best tight end in the NFL right now and has been for quite some time. So George Kittle, to be able to break that record, I think, says a lot. And I think it, we're seeing a reemergence of George Kittle. One, because Kyle Shanahan mentioned it, you know, to start the season, he was coming off an injury. He wasn't exactly 100%. And now he is, so he's probably the healthiest he's been all season and Brock Purdy you have a quarterback who is 
willing to look downfield to to throw to guys, you know, even when they might look covered, you know, uh, Brock Purdy is just throwing with a lot of confidence in his receivers, in his playmakers. So, yeah, I think George Kittle is just reaping the benefits of that. Sean Sullivan in the comments says, of the three top NFC seeds, SF was the only dominant performance. Great momentum for the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that's extra encouraging given the fact how the game started. Like, it could have been shaky. It could have been another uh, repeat of last week, but they made sure that didn't happen. And we're seeing this offense just take control of games. It's not just the defense anymore. It's a fully balanced team. And I think that's what's uh, really important. Um, had a couple of other uh, tweets to show you guys. Jordan Elliott, front of the pod. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. 49ers have scored 30 or more points in four of the five games that Brock, Brock Purdy has started. Um, and I think the only time that they didn't get over 30 points was on the short week in Seattle. So, again, this just tells you right here with the 49ers are doing on offense with Brock Purdy at quarterback. He's just on an absolute tear. This tweet by Akash, on offense, here's what the 49ers have. An 1,000-yard receiver in Debo Samuel. Of course, he was a 1,000-yard receiver back in 2021. Brandon Ayuk, a 1,000-yard receiver now in 2022. George Kittle, back in 2019, was a 1,000-yard tight end. Um, and then this season, Christian McCaffrey, in a 1,000-yard running back. So the 49ers are absolutely stacked on offense. We knew this. Uh, there's no excuses for this offense to underperform, and they are not underperforming by any means. They're looking good right now. Uh, they're averaging 33.5 points per game with Brock Purdy as the starter. That's exactly what you want to see because the 49ers, this offense, are going to have to be able to keep up um, in the playoffs. So I think this is the – this is the type of offense they need to have. And so they're balanced as well. Um, and, and that's great. So 49ers 22, 2022 regular season, 13, four record, 10 game winning streak. Yeah. Oh my God. We forgot all about this win streak that they have as well. I feel like they've just been winning for so long. We just forgot that was a thing uh, because they clinched the two seed today. 10th win in a row for this team. They are ending the regular season hot going into the playoffs. Still the best team in the NFC um, in, in the last month or so. 6-0 in the NFC West. 8-1 at Levi Stadium. And they are the number two seed in the NFC. This is just, uh, this has been a great season for this team. And uh, Nick Bosa who he finished the season with 18 and a half sacks. It's not what he wanted. It's not the 20 piece. It's not the 49ers franchise record, but boy, what a, an incredible season for Nick Bosa. He's done absolutely enough. I think to earn him the defensive player of the year honors. Um, and you know, the fact that he didn't get, 20 sacks, the fact that he didn't break the franchise record, I think that's just going to give him more juice, more motivation for the playoffs and more motivation for the for the next season. So I think we've got something good with Nick Bosa. What did you say? And uh, at this point, the 49ers probably just got to give him a blank check. Um, 
Look, I have not checked the score of the Rams and Seahawks game. The last time I checked, they were in OT. If you guys know what happened in that game in the comments, uh, let me know. I'm also checking Twitter as we speak. It doesn't seem like uh, Kyle Shanahan gave in any updates on Flanagan fouls, so maybe that's a good sign. He was questionable to return with his neck injury, and yeah, he was downgraded to out and it, he didn't return. So, okay, Sean says Seattle won. So Seattle won the game against the Rams, which means they're technically still alive for the playoffs. They're three teams battling out for the seventh seed right now, the Packers, the Lions, and the Seahawks. The Seahawks had a win to continue having a chance. Uh, the Packers, all they have to do is win tonight against the uh, Lions to be in. And, of course, if they make it in, they're going to be playing the 49ers in Levi Stadium next weekend. That seems like the most likely scenario. But, hey, let's not forget anything can happen in the NFL. The Lions are also on a tear in the last month or so. So Lions also capable of winning that game. We'll just have to wait and see how that goes. That's going to be an incredible Sunday night football game. And uh, I can't wait to see who the 49ers play uh, next week. Sean says, does it matter whether we play Seattle or Green Bay? Uh, you know what? I think it does. I think this, the Seahawks are not out of those three teams, the Packers, uh, Seahawks, and Lions. I would say the Seahawks is the most desirable matchup from the standpoint of being uh, an easier matchup. The Seattle defense is just not good. They've lost some key guys. I think Jordan Brooks is out for the season for them. So their defense is just not there. So selfishly, I would say I would rather play the Seattle Seahawks, but I think it's unlikely that that happens. So the, uh, the Packers pretty much just have to win this game. And I believe the only way that the Lions would have made it is if the Seahawks had lost. So actually, with Seattle winning, I don't think the Lions even have anything to play for in this game, which means that the, the Packers are might just win this game off of the fact that the Lions might not give their best shot. I mean, this is their last regular season game, I believe, Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe if the Lions win this game, or sorry, if the Seahawks won is because the the Lions don't have a chance to, to make it. So let's see. I think, uh, well, no, one, I, I haven't seen a tweet on it, but I believe that's that was the scenario. So with Seattle winning, the Lions don't have a shot. The Lions may elect to rest some guys because of this. So, yeah. So, uh, Delu here in the comments says, Lions are indeed out, so they have no shot at making the playoffs. And so the Packers may have just been gifted an easy win if the Lions decide to just rest some guys because they would be playing for nothing. There's no reason to risk, you know, their long-term investments, uh, you know, to beat the Packers in this game. So, it's looking like there's a 99% chance that the 49ers are going to be facing the Packers next week against, um, sorry, in Levi Stadium. So that'll be interesting. And because it's the playoffs starting this week, I'm going to have daily episodes. Um, 
extra content for everyone. So if you're on YouTube, I'll have episodes every day for the audio listeners. I'll continue to have my shows Wednesday and Friday, my preview episodes. Um, so tune into that, but if not subscribe to the YouTube channel at Steph 49 K. And if you're an audio listener, make sure that you leave a rating. I appreciate it. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe. If you haven't yet, a lot of good content coming this week. As I said, have a good rest of your Sunday evening. Peace.